Welcome to Meg Talks, the Move with Meg podcast. I'm Megan Kerrigan and I'll be sharing ideas on how you can become a more consistent and confident dancer that understands your body and mind. Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Meg Talks. Today I have got the incredible Mary Conway with me. She is under 19 dancer um, from the Bagan Lee School. She is third in the world this year, which is amazing. Second at the All Islands, the list carries on. The All Scotland champion and North American champion. So quite an accolade of achievements there, which we'll talk a little bit more about as we get chatting. But welcome, Mary, to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Excited. So to begin with, let's, I suppose, just get a little bit more of an understanding of you. Tell us a little bit about your journey as an Irish dancer. So like when you started, practically just talk us through from when you started until now and how that was for you. I started dancing when I was, I think, five, literally an after school club at school. Then I did all of my grades um, and started doing prelim competition. And then I came out, I think I won my prelim when I was under 12. Right. So a bit older. Yeah. Um, and then I did my first major, which was the old Scotland, I'm pretty sure, when I was under 12 as well. Right. Maybe a bit older. Um, and then my first qualifying for Worlds was when I was under 11. And I was, I think, one up. I don't know, but I was literally, that was the same year I'd won out of prelim. So I hadn't done a major ever either. So that was massive progress, yeah? Yeah. And I think a month or two later... I got moved up a place so we could go to Worlds. But Worlds that year was in, yeah, Worlds that year was in Montreal. So right. I, it was just too much and I didn't end up going. Um, and then the next year I qualified and my first Worlds was Glasgow 2016. Nice. And then I've done from then 2016, 17, 18, 19, 22 and 23 Worlds. Those seven. It's so weird missing out those two in the middle, isn't it? Oh, it's so odd. Yeah. Um, and then I had two, I was one of the medal and then the rest I was, I think in the twenties, thirties. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I was really lucky. I recorded all my worlds. That's um, fine. And, but I was sort of stuck in the same place for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then COVID happened and I was on Zoom for a couple of years. Right. And I think that's what, that was so hard. I was so, so close to just stopping completely. I, I think, think a lot of people were. I've spoken to so many people and everyone's yeah. in the same page. With that. Yeah. Um, and then came out of that and coming out of that was just the best thing ever. Like everyone, no, no one felt nervous at competitions. Like everyone was just so happy to dance. And that's when you, I think that's when I realised I really, really, really loved it and I couldn't not have it. Yeah, so that it's sort of like, in a weird way, that time was like incredibly hard, but also help people to realise why they danced again. Yeah, completely. Brought, brought it back to that, like, I do this because I love it. And like you say, not feeling the nerves at a competition after. Yeah, yeah. It's like, whoa, this is like, imagine if you could tap into that consistently. It's been a while now since that. It yeah. sort of creeps back into just being normal again, doesn't it? Do yeah. You like you took anything from that feeling of straight after COVID um, and you use it at competitions now or... Yeah, definitely. I honestly just think being older as well makes such a difference. Like, it is really hard when you're young. 
But when you get to a certain age, you realise that you're not going to have it forever. Yes. And it just makes you, like, you don't take anything for granted. And yeah. every competition you go to, you just sort of treat it like it's your last. Like, you're never going to dance on the stage again. And that's how I think I enjoy it so much. Yeah. I, I just pretend cool. like I never get to do it again. But yeah, saying that to a 12-year-old, they look at you like, yeah, I've got forever, don't they? Nice. <laughs> and then I suppose one of my questions I'd written down was like, have you always been a top placer? And it's quite interesting that I think we should dive a little bit into how you felt when you were that one away or one off because so many more of our listeners will have been there rather than yeah. on the podium or winning. So like, yeah. how did that feel? And you said you were sort of stuck for a while. I think lots of dancers yeah. feel that and, and get to that point. Like what do you think got you unstuck? What do you think was the next little push or how did you deal with that mentally? Yeah, so I think Worlds was sort of the place where I'd end up getting the exact same results for such a long time. And it was the other competitions that kept me going. Like right. there'd be a bit up and down, but it would sort of just be like saying to myself, well, you're not only here, like you can do better. And yeah. it can like it can go worse as well. Um, but I think like, this sounds ridiculous and everyone tells you to do it, but literally listening to your teachers. Like I remember after 2019 Worlds, that was the last Worlds before COVID and I was one of the medal. And like my teacher was saying to me, Francis was saying to me, you don't like you need to turn your feet out. They just need to be out more, out more. So I spent a good month and this was before the North American Nationals in 2019 in class every day, just turning out my feet every time I danced it was the only thing I thought about and then I went from Worlds 2019 and I was one of a medal to that North American Nationals and I got my first top five major just wow. because I was thinking about that the whole time. So you sort of brought it back to like that one basic thing like the main thing you needed to work on. Yeah You're massively. My ears <laughs> I tried to tell people there's so many things to think about isn't there but it's yeah. what's the main thing for you right now and he's been to focus on that and I bet you don't have to yeah. think about it as much now no so that's it and then like I say I say this to people all the time like that is the, the biggest thing that happened to me and once you've got that thing and you hear it less and less in class when you're dancing that's when you stop that because you know you can do it well and you pick the next thing that's that you hear all the time and you work on that and you make a massive change yes I love that and I do feel like it's quite hard isn't it dancing because there is arms and then there's turner and then there's crossover and then there's flexibility and then there's posture and then there's kicking your bum and there's all these things to think about yeah it can get very overwhelming and knowing what to pick first but like mm -hmm. you said listen to your teachers if it's that one thing that's consistently being said then that's the thing that you choose and you focus on and the other thing you just said that i think is really important is irish dancing teachers most of them don't really give compliments. They're not going to jump up and down and be like, yeah, Mary, you fixed your turnout. Let's move on to the next thing. But what you said is hearing it less and less, that's the big thing you celebrate. So I always Absolutely. talk to dancers about like, listen, like, I'm like, did your teacher compliment you anytime this week? And they're like, no. I'm like, yeah, but find a compliment. Because if it's, if the compliment is them not telling you about your arms, then that is progress. Yeah. So it's like reading between the lines to find the positives because they're always just looking at the next thing that they can help you with. And that's what's great. But also you have to try and find the positives within sort of like yeah. the way dance teachers work. Oh, that's really cool. So 
What are you working on now then? What's your thing that you're focusing on at the moment? Keeping my arms in. Very good. So, so, you, so you've got your focuses and you didn't even have to think about that. I love that. Yeah, I think that, also like Best TV at competitions is so great because you just see stuff that you wouldn't like in a mirror. How nice is it that like I say, I talk about this all the time. People must think I'm a- actually ancient. But we didn't have this. I didn't have that tool at all. So the yeah. phone to film yourself and watch yourself back, the the tool of Fesh TV, like you say, watching your full performance back. Wow. Like, and so many people won't use it. And don't no, no, no. Yeah, and I'm like, incredible. Because I'm, you're- I'm very much, yeah, I'm very much the type of person that won't watch myself back during the competition. I can't do that. But yeah. after, yeah, I think it's the best thing ever. Because you can, oh. like, you can compare them as well and see, like, what difference you've made. Well, that, and 100%, that is what you should do. It shouldn't be on the day. Because that then gets into your head, doesn't it? Yeah. It should definitely be like a Premier League football team or soccer team for anyone in America listening to this or Ireland. They have their, their game at the weekend and then in the week they watch it. The manager makes them watch parts of it back and tells them what they've done well and what they need to do better. And I just know personally from my teacher used to bring in a big camcorder genuinely once a year and he'd carry in this big TV. Like honestly, when I think back, I think, wow, like... It was smart, but nuts. Like the amount of wires and things you had to plug in to get this to work. But filmed us dancing and then sat us all down and was like, we were in an interview one by one and made us watch ourselves. And I remember thinking, oh, my arm there. And he's like, how many times have I told you to do that and you haven't done it? And I'm like, you listen to yourself so much more. Yeah. I told you 10 times. You don't do it because you, you think your arm's in, but then you see it yourself and yeah. you're like, but well, you don't feel it. You don't realise stuff that you hear all the time until you watch yourself back. And then you're like, oh, right. Yeah. It makes sense, doesn't it? Like, okay, my teacher is right. <laughs> so that brings it back to what you did say, listen to your teachers. Usually they do know what they're talking about. <laughs> what would you say then your strengths are as a dancer? And that doesn't necessarily mean like uh, technique wise, like it can be anything to do with organisation or time management, like we were talking about. What do you think um, your strengths are? I think having dancing alongside school is just the biggest thing ever. I wouldn't have done anywhere near as well as, I, as I've done in school or like had time management in place. It's just so, so important. And so many people I talk to are like, gosh, I've got exams coming up. Like I need to slow it down. But you need some sort of release. Like oh, I did my A-levels last year and people were saying like when it gets to, once you finish Worlds, you can slow down the dancing, all of that. And I was like, yeah, great. But when it came to it, I I couldn't do it. I almost like you, you'd go insane. You really, yeah. really do need it. Yeah. And I, I think that's so important because like you said, it's that release as well, isn't it? It's the time to switch off. And, oh, yeah. and I think that turning the telly on and sitting down and having a chill is actually what you want. But your body gets so much more from exercise than it does from doing that. And yes, yeah, there's, there's a space and a time for all of those, like completely relaxing. But like you say, that mental switch off of leaving the books and going off to get rid of some energy is so good. And when you're dancing, you can't actually think about anything else, can you? You don't. No, you don't ever. That's the biggest thing. You forget about everything else that's going on. And that was something I, I think I struggled with when I when I finished dancing, like not competing when I left the show and I came back and I went to uni. I had like this void that I was missing something and I was like, what am I going to do? So I tried to go in the gym. I tried running. Didn't like that. Um, tried. I did it for a while because I was like, what else can I do? And I, it took me years to find something that 
fits that little gap. And now people think I'm mad because I do these fitness competitions. It's just like the exact same thing. I need that release. I need the focus. I need something. So it's interesting how I've just kind of replicated in my adult life exactly what we were doing as kids. But again, when I don't do it, I'm less productive. Yeah, you need to. Because it's like the type of thing that you've never not had. Yeah. Like, exactly. I, I I, don't think anything would ever be able to replace dancing in my life. Like, that, that's probably what terrifies me most. Like, I don't yeah. think I'll ever be able to quit because it's just, like, it means so much. And it's, it does so much for me as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, you were saying then um, that you think, like, at, even at uni, like, you, you're finding dance, like, it's absolutely fine alongside it. It's actually making you work harder and more focused. What would your top tips then for like teenagers going through those really important school years, going through uni? What would your top tips be? What are the main things that you put in place to make sure that you can do both? Prioritising the right thing at the right time. There'll be times in the year when you have mock exams at school and that's going to be what you have to focus on. Whereas like say you're coming up to February at All Islands, Mm-hmm. You're going to have to not drop back school, but put everything into dancing that week before. And then you'll pick yourself back up the week after. Like, it's really scary and you don't think you will, but everything does work out. And so many yeah. people have done it already. Like, that's what you've got to remember. There yeah. are so many people like that are older than you that have done it all already. And it is possible. And that, yeah, I think that's that's such a good, valuable piece. It's like prioritise, but don't completely forget about the other thing. And the fact that you feel sometimes a bit scared usually makes you work harder. Like yeah. when you get back then from the All Islands or when you get back from the Worlds and you've got exams coming up, you you usually then like usually makes people focus more, which is great. How do you manage your time and schedule and stuff like that? Because I know at uni and maybe college for the US, uh, schedules change quite a lot. How do you, how are you finding that? Um, so to be fair, mine's not too bad. I have a set in place one for the first term so from like September to December and I'll be in every day of the week but only like one or two hours and then I'll dance in the evenings um, and then normally compete at the weekends but it's like the type of thing where if I don't get what I need to get done during the day finished then I won't be able to go dancing that evening so like it does force me to do it and then like I'll get my timetable next term for my week and just plan everything out from there like I've actually, I'll show you. I've got a calendar like behind yeah. me still now on a whiteboard. <laughs> no, <Love laughs> so everything I need to do. Um, and yeah. that helps so much. Just you want to see everything. Mad. everything. <laughs> I'd have the exact same, but a paper version because <laughs> I think, like, I don't use a paper version anymore for things, but I think seeing the whole thing as one and knowing, like, okay, I've got two weeks till that, or you don't have to sit and count it out. It's just all there in front no. of you. You need to see, yeah, you need to like see it visually. So for those that are just listening, Mary's got a, a whiteboard and it's fully like the days and and everything she's got going on written out um, for like a full sort of wall planner kind of thing. I don't know about you, maybe I'm just really sad, but I really enjoy writing all my stuff into it. Oh, I love organisation. It's wrong with thing. I love it. I love it so much. I mean, organisation. I always feel organised when I've done that, but my life is still chaos. <laughs> yeah. Oh, completely. It's just like planning it out. Like if I know that I'm going to do something on this day, then I'll get it done. Yeah, that's it. And I think that's the other thing is like, like you said, these are the things I have to have done before I'm allowed to go dancing almost. Mm. My mum always... That's what I tell myself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My mum always put that in place when I was younger that like, okay, you get in. If your homework's not done, 
by the time it's dancing time, you're not going dancing. So it sort of gave me that short window of this has to get done. And I'm not saying rush things <laughs> because some people might be like, right, I've got to get it done and, and not do it to the same level. But knowing a bit of focus and now that still comes through in my life at the moment in that I work way better when I've got a time frame that I like. I need to have this completed. But I could have three weeks to do something and I will do it an hour before the deadline. It's weird, but I'll do it better an hour before the deadline. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way that I work. And I think it is because of because of the way dancing sort of had me working when I was younger. You've got quite a distinctive look when you are dancing, my hair. <laughs> How did you come up with this? Was this like a team effort with you and your teachers? Or was it more you or... How did that come about? Um, so we've sort of got, like my school as a whole, we have quite plain dresses. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love the love that. Them. Yeah. They're um, really lovely. They're by Air Designs. And we all sort of have like different colours, different things going on, but it's sort of centred around the same idea. Yeah. Um, and then my leg is Camellia Rose. And I... Honestly, it's really hard to maintain. Like, I, d- I don't like hair moving around when I'm dancing, so I've, I spray it so much. It um, moves with you. <laughs> no, it doesn't move. Um, so I, it's sort of like a joint effort, really, from my teachers. I mean, mainly my teachers. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a school thing as well. I like that. How, do, how does that make you feel, like, that it is a school thing? Not many schools do that mm. uh, to the extent that your school does. How does that make you feel? Like, do you think that gives you anything extra? I just think it makes us feel like a team. I really yeah. like. I I love looking on stage and seeing everyone because you can really tell. And it's just it puts us together more. I like it. Yeah, uh, that's what I was gonna say. It seems like it's just more like a family, like a community, like all yeah. things makes you feel like you're not alone. Like yeah, all of that. Like you've got a nice support network. Not that other dancing schools don't have that because they don't have similar dresses. But I just I do really like that. I think it gives you that sense. Yeah, belonging almost. And what do you think your turning point, like, I, I know we sort of spoke about it and you said COVID. Would you say COVID was that turning point in your dance career where you started really excelling or do you think there was anything else that sort of... Maybe just a little bit before as well. Like I think in 2019, I got my first major podium at the North American Nationals. Just after you'd started that new focus thing as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I worked over the summer and then went to all Scotland's and I got another major podium place. And that's when I sort of started thinking like, oh, this could get better. Like if did, I put the work in. Did the second one make you think, oh, the first one wasn't a fluke? Yeah. Yeah, completely. Because like, sometimes you think, gosh, like that was just a one-off. Yeah. Yeah. But it's when you can prove to yourself again and again, you can do it. You think yeah. that it's really working. And it was that like focused in on something really specifically. And I'd kept that going. Um, and I knew that was really working for me. Yeah. So then I think in... January oh no maybe a bit after that I think the all we had the all islands in 2020 yeah yeah I didn't I wasn't at those all islands and then after that I came out and I was just itching to death I just wanted to dance at every competition I was so excited um so going into 22 worlds I did I I think I danced nearly every weekend from January to March and I just I, I loved it I loved it so much do you think that fashion experience had a, and obviously we'd had a couple of years of not having that, but do you, what do you think about going to fashes quite often? Like, do you think that has a big impact then when you do turn up at majors? I think that's another thing that massively changed it for me. I try and go out of my way to make an effort to go to a fesh as often as I can, just because I think the stage practice is so important and yeah. it's how you feel as well. Like once you, it's so different to a class, once you've got everything on, 
and you're in a room with people that you compete against yeah. you feel so different yeah. um and if you can get any nerves or anything that might go wrong for you on the day out of the way before that then take every opportunity to do it yeah and i think that is that is vital isn't it it's putting yourself mm-hmm. in that game day sort of yeah. mindset situation also like practicing going through hurdles so it's not that every fesh has to be perfect it might be that you 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 go to a fesh just simply because you've got new steps and you need to get them out on the stage that doesn't mean that your goal for that fesh is to win or to podium or to your goal for that fesh is to simply dance those steps out on the stage and I talk about those small feshes I think that's all you need to worry about it's literally just practice yeah and I think a lot of people get caught up and that's where Irish dance is difficult because you can go into a competition you could go into a local fesh or a fesh two hours three hours down the road knowing that you're only going because you want to get these new steps out but then when the results come out people get super disappointed and disheartened so is there anything you think you can do or you do to really like stay strong and happy with your own performance regardless of those fluctuating results? I think Sorry, that's a hard question. No, no, no. That's okay. Um, I try to go into every single fashion with that mindset of just like, this is all practice. Yeah. Like I'm just like, it's a dress rehearsal. I'm yeah. getting it out of the way um, and sort of put my focus towards majors more. Yeah. Um, but like, I know, and I feel this as well, when you get a result at a smaller fesh that you, you're you not pleased with, you feel so disheartened. And it is yeah. really hard to keep pushing on. But you, like, you've literally just got to tell yourself it doesn't matter. Yeah. And if you're happy with how you've danced, then there's nothing else you could have done. It's yeah. like, listen to your teacher's feedback as, at feshes as well. That's such a big thing. Because um, yeah. performance is a massive part of it as well. And I think that's, that's what I was sort of getting at is, I talk a lot with dancers that I ask them, okay, how did you get on at the weekend? And I frame it purposely like that. And I say, how did you get on at the weekend? And they tell me, okay, I'm fifth. I'm like, that's not what I asked. I said, how did you get on? Like, how did you dance? What did your teachers think? How was the day? Everyone sort of jumps to the placement straight away rather than mm-hmm. I've come fifth, but danced your worst. Yeah. Then you've come last, but have danced your absolute best. So I think um, what I try to get dancers to do is reflect on their own dancing first wait that out so we do a thing with our one-to-one um dancers that i always ask them for a mark out of 10 for how they dance they felt they danced a mark out of 10 for how they felt their teachers thought they danced and then there's 10 marks for how happy they were with the results so it's weighted way more there's 20 marks available for like the things that are in your control yeah and then there's 10 marks that are available so you're always weighted way more in the fact that these are the things that I can control. And there's no way in a competitive sport you're ever going to get rid of this <laughs> feeling. And I'm not, I, I, I don't think that is doable. And being disappointed just shows that you care. And usually yeah. for a lot of people, the best source of motivation and inspiration. Yeah, yeah definitely. If used the right way. Um, so I don't think we need to get rid of it, but I think it's good to start helping people try to find happiness in their own dancing in their own performance um and you sort of hit the nail on the head there with at the end of that so thank you for that it's like i gave you notes (laughs) (laughs) and what has been your biggest accomplishment then would you say i wouldn't say like a result or i I just think the growth from where i started from and like if you told myself four or five years ago where i am now i genuinely would not believe you like in any way shape sense or form I 
still look at what I've achieved in the last year now and I literally can't believe it yeah and, but I think from where I didn't go to my first worlds I was a beginner for a really long time I've also just loved it so much like my love for it's grown as well but I think the jump from where I started to where I am now is my biggest achievement definitely yeah 100 and I think like what's so nice is that it, your story is an inspiration for so many dancers that do feel like they're slower than maybe everybody else that's around them or do feel like they're well if I've not gone to the worlds when I'm under 11 or if I didn't yeah. qualify first off at that age then that's it I'm never gonna make it like wow there's so many dancers listening to this that probably can relate to that feeling to being there I bet they also will look at where you are now and think there's no way like I yeah but if we told you back then and if you listened to it <laughs> back then you'd probably think yeah whatever that wouldn't happen to me yeah no completely it's just like I think it's just finding the right thing for you and if you really really want it you'll push yourself as hard as you can to be where you want to be yeah and the consistency as well I suppose is the thing that sort of really screams out from your story like you just didn't stop On- honestly fashions I'm like every single weekend I think that is the biggest thing like just getting yourself out there as much do you take yourself now or does somebody go with you always <laughs> I'll go to a view by myself, but I love my mum coming to them. Yeah, I struggled to do that. I bet she misses. Does she miss it when she's not there as well? If you go, I don't think she misses the dance runs, but like she'll miss coming to the competitions and having a chat. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's like a nice day out, isn't it? Together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cute. What is your advice then for dancers who haven't always been up there or might not be up there right now? So, like one piece of advice, but still have like big goals. So like that mm-hmm. big goal might be to be a dancing teacher in the future or to be in Riverdance or Lord of the Dance or to have their own show. Like people can have big goals that aren't related to placing. Like what would your advice be? Like one piece of advice. Use any results that you're not happy with to push you forward. Yeah. Use it to make you angry or use it to make you go to class more or practice more, anything like that. Just turn it into a positive rather than keeping it as a negative. Love that. And do you think you, you use that at points? Yeah, I think it's so hard to do when you're younger. I think like results do mean everything. And I, I really, really get that. And I really understand that. Um, but you've just got to, you've got to change your mindset. You've got to keep it positive because that's the only way you'll be able to push forward with it. Yeah. I think like you said, it's hard to do as, as you're younger because you, when you're young, you just see what's in front of you. It's really hard to see the bigger. Yeah. It's hard to think about next year. Like all we think about is what we can see when we're at that age. And that's where I think parents, teachers, all of that sort of the support network has to be sort of supporting that. Do you know what? Today wasn't our day, but we can take this, this and this from it. And next time we're going to come back strong. Like it's that sort of emotional management around it that's mm-hmm. sort of vital in that Um in that sort of time frame I think in that age and that's where we actually have just started a um a brand new Facebook page which is support for parents because I think a lot of parents don't know and we get so many questions from parents about like how do I manage my child's crying at feshes or my child's being sick or and and it's so hard I had a, a, a parent on the phone the other day just saying like my dancer she just gets sick and sometimes I'm looking thinking why am I putting my 10-year-old through this? Like, we're trying to give you all the support that we can within that. So if you want to um, join that Facebook group, please just send us a little message on Instagram, Facebook, anywhere you can find us um, so we can 
get you in there for that support. But well, I think that was a really interesting conversation, Mary, and, and thank you so much for giving us your time. Um thank I think you for we sort of touched upon loads of different eras of dancing, so loads of yeah. different and stages. So I think that's there's a takeaway for everybody within that, which um I really appreciate and you're an inspiration to lots of different dancers, including me. Thank you. I love, I love you. hearing about your story and, and you it seems like you'll go far in anything you set your mind to. So best of luck with everything. And I will I guess I'll see you at a uh, competition very soon. Yeah, definitely. If I pop to any, any that are on at any week, <laughs> I'll see you there. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us then, Mary. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Meg Talks. Don't forget to share your favourite parts of the episode and tag us on Instagram at movewithmeg with two Gs. And as a special treat, head to movewithmeg.co.uk forward slash Fesh Day Warm Up to access your free video. See you next time.